Bright Friday, heading into a long holiday weekend. And uh, I, I may actually do a pod on Monday because uh, it's very exciting. Next week, I am uh, filling in on the Mitch Album Show Tuesday through Friday. Um, and this time I've got co-hosts, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, Tuesday and Friday will be uh, Marie Osborne, and uh, Wednesday and Thursday will be Sean Belegian. So it'll be fun working with the two of them. So this uh, Adrian Murray story, this is one of the worst stories I've heard in a long time. Uh, he's an 11-year-old boy who called police uh, for help while his mother was having a domestic disturbance uh, with one of her uh, baby's fathers. And uh, young 11-year-old Adrian Murray ended up shot and in the hospital after, the, uh, after he made that 911 call. Um, so all the news reports are, are saying that uh, this started when Adrian Murray's mother was arguing uh, with, uh, with, with a boyfriend. And after uh, Adrian Murray called the police, uh, the police officer showed up. Uh, he ordered everyone out of the house. And as Adrian Murray was coming out of his bedroom, I don't know if the police officer uh, was agitated. I don't know um, if uh, he shot first without looking. But uh, the fact remains that as young 11-year-old Adrian Murray was coming out of his bedroom, he was shot uh, by the police officer that he had called. And uh, that police officer has been placed on paid administrative leave, paid administrative leave. And we may not know all the facts, but I feel like we, we, we have enough facts to know that this 11-year-old baby was not a threat to this police officer. And I don't know what protocol is, but the fact uh, that this police officer uh, is, is he's not even still on the job. He's getting paid to sit on the sidelines while he's, um, you know, while the investigation's going on is, is just absolutely mind-blowing to me. And uh, here's the thing, okay? Bad law enforcement is bad for law enforcement, okay? And, and, and you know, we're, we're always reminded by people whenever there's a story about a police officer um, – either acting uh, too quickly or overstepping their authority or using way too much force that there are a, a, a the vast majority of police officers out there are good police officers doing a great job. And I agree with that. But when you get an example like this, you have to call it out because um, if not, it's very easy to sweep under the rug. And by the way, incidents like this, incidents like George Floyd incidents like, uh, you know, countless others, um, you know, the, the young man who was uh, beat to death down in Memphis, his, his name escapes me. But, uh, you know, bad law enforcement like that puts good law enforcement officers in the line of danger because now there's anger at police officers. Um, you know, after George Floyd, we saw it. These police officers had to, uh, you know, maintain peace at, at these protests where everyone was very angry at them and wanted to lash out at them. And then when these protests get out of hand and there's looting and rioting, who has to clean up the mess? The police officers. So I, you'll, you'll excuse me, 
as as a supporter of law enforcement myself, um, if uh, if I call out bad behavior where I see it. Now, obviously, the the family, rightly so, is calling at least for this police officer to be fired at the very least and for the body camera footage to to come out. And it's going to be a hard watch because, as I said, this is an 11 year old kid. Um, he was just doing what his mother told him to do. He was probably in his room because he was uh, upset and probably frightened by by whatever altercation was happening between his mom and and, and her boyfriend or whatever her uh, relationship was uh, to this guy. And him probably thinking help is here on the way. All he gets is a is a bullet. It is a bullet for complying with. Um, you know, police officers command. So um, that that body cam footage is going to be of great interest. I don't see a scenario where this police officer felt threatened by an 11 year old boy other than a uh, bedroom door was opening and he shot first and asked questions later or he got a little squirrely not knowing who was coming out of that bedroom. And instead of taking cover or or, or waiting a split second to see that it was just a child he just shot, and uh, th- you know, luckily, um, Adrian Murray is is um, expected to survive physically, but obviously, um, you know, there's going to be emotional scars. And then I think once, well, you, you know, once you investigate this police officer, once you apply the proper charges and, and sentence him appropriately. I think you need to start investigating this child's home life because, I, you know, the fact that his mother put him in a situation to where he had to call 911 and she put that responsibility on this 11-year-old boy. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, this child has been in a bad situation for a very, very long time. And, and once you get justice from the police officer who shot him, uh, I think you need to look into getting him into a better situation because uh, that home light's life seems very tumultuous and it's going to have long lasting effects on him, um, you know, e- even outside of this 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 tragic incident. So we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, like I said, I, I, I it blows my mind that this police officer is on paid administrative leave. I understand you have to do an investigation, and I don't know if that's standard protocol, but this is an 11-year-old child. Put him on unpaid administrative leave and don't let him uh, get back on the police force. All right, so I spent a lot of uh, time on the show uh, taking both Joe Biden and, and former President Donald Trump, I'm sorry, taking both Ron DeSantis and former President Donald Trump to the woodshed. And uh, now I guess it's the Biden family's uh, turn. A IRS whistleblower, uh, Gary Shapley, he is a 14-year veteran of the IRS. And uh, he did an exclusive interview on CBS with uh, Jim Axelrod saying that the uh, an investigation into some tax crimes committed by Hunter Biden uh, have been slow walked by the the IRS uh, more so than than you know a normal I don't know if he's a defendant yet but 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 a normal person who's under uh, investigation and this comes on the heels of uh, back in late April um, something came to light um, 
it was the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, they did an investigation and found that uh, the CIA actually uh, manufactured a, a letter that said um, um, the story about Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. And, uh, you know, it wasn't organic. It was uh, done at the request of then a candidate Joe Biden and um, some folks, uh, acting director at the time, Mike Morrell, um, was uh, complicit in it. And this, ta- this tax evasion um, investigation here, uh, on top of a, uh, some kind of federal gun charge, uh, it stems from um, Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's son, his time on the board of Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company, before the war. And, and really the intrigue here isn't necessarily that, that Joe Biden got his son a job on a board that he wasn't qualified for. I mean, the the rich, powerful, and well-connected um, has been doing this for, for <laughs> centuries. So that's not really the, the scandal here. The scandal is whether or not Hunter Biden used that position to sell access to his father, a.k.a. the big guy, and whether his father, Joe Biden, um, you know, he sold favors to Russian, uh, not Russian, I'm sorry, foreign nationals for favorable policy decisions, as was um, alleged earlier this month by James Comer and, and, and Chuck Grassley, a couple of Republicans in Congress. Um, those charges has, haven't really gone anywhere, but uh, this, this tax evasion um, uh, investigation into uh, Hunter Biden concluded a year ago, and um, you know authorities feel like they've got enough evidence to prosecute him. And you know after all this this Alvin Bragg business where he indicted former President Donald Trump on uh, felony charges of, of allegedly covering up hush money payments to Stormy Daniels to cover up one uh, an alleged affair that they had years ago uh, ahead of the 2016 uh, election. You know, obviously, Trump Nation, um, they melted down, and they said, well, if you, if you try to prosecute our guys, maybe we should lo- look into uh, prosecuting uh, the Clintons or the Bidens. Uh, to, to which I say, go ahead. You know, I, I think a, a lot of people who are diehard Donald Trump supporters, they see him almost as a religious figure and that he's infallible. And I think they, they're, they're, they're working under this false premise that um, there's a, a contingent of people out there who see the Bidens and the Clintons and uh, I would say the Obamas, even though the Obamas haven't really had any uh, controversy surrounding them since they left. But, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, these Trunks, Trump diehard supporters feel like there there's there's an equal and opposite amount of people um, who see the Bidens and the Clintons the way they see Donald Trump. And, and that's just not true. I mean, I think uh, and I'm not even I wouldn't even say I'm on the left. I'm just. You know, I'm just someone who lives in the real world who is uh, uh, not a fan of, of Donald Trump or, or the Republicans, really, at large. But, you know, out here, outside of, you know, MAGA country, there are no sacred cows. 
All right. Um, if if the Clintons did something illegal, if the Bidens did something illegal, prosecute them. If they didn't, leave them alone. Same thing with former President Donald Trump. If he did something illegal that a normal citizen would would face legal repercussions for, well, then prosecute him. And if he didn't do anything, leave him alone. I don't think threatening more accountability for other elected officials, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, is necessarily the threat that you think it is. And oh, by the way, since we are on the topic of uh, 2016 presidential candidates, um, you know, there's a lot made over uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's um, um, clumsy at best Twitter spaces rollout of his campaign. Uh, turns out 24 hours later, uh, as as I predicted, it, it was not a fatal mistake. Um, like I said, probably the worst thing that happened to Ron DeSantis's campaign is that uh, he didn't get it probably didn't give him much momentum in the polls. I think that uh, even if everything went well on Twitter's end, it probably still would have would have lacked momentum. But I felt like uh, it didn't really hurt Ron DeSantis and it didn't really help Ron DeSantis, at least when it comes to the polls. But. Ron DeSantis has been kicking ass fundraising um, 24 hours after, um, you know, that 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 botched Twitter announcement, so to speak. Um, he's raised eight point two million dollars and uh, maybe he can give a little bit, uh, give a little bit of that to his buddy Elon Musk to maybe uh, help bolster the, the server space because uh, he probably needs the money just as bad as uh, Ron DeSantis does. We may have a possible motive now um, into the MSU shooting that happened in February. Uh, the gunman Anthony McRae, um, up until now, um, has had no demonstrable connection to MSU, which made his rampage all the more puzzling. Well, now it's come out that uh, in the days after the shooting, and in the days after gunman Anthony McRae's request, um, this is from the Detroit News, an unidentified man who came to the police station and said he knew Anthony McRae, who he referred to as Tony, um, told police that he last saw McRae, and his name has been redacted, uh, about three weeks earlier. And the man said that um, Tony seemed to be agitated. Tony told him that he had been beaten up by students. Tony didn't indicate if the students were MSU students. And Tony did not advise what caused the altercation between him and the students. So I, at this point, I don't really know if you need, if you need a motive to prosecute. Um, uh, it might be helpful in making sense. But how do you make sense out of something so senseless? Um, and, you know, motives are, are never justification, but you also kind of want to know, um, you know, what drove somebody to commit such a heinous act. I mean, it's, it's getting terrifying. I mean, there, you're hearing stories of, of people who don't even have motives anymore. They just go out and, and they're randomly shooting like it's Grand Theft Auto. Um, so, so maybe this might help with profilers. This might help... Uh, uh, people who are, are looking into the psyche 
of, of mass shooters who, who might be trying to um, um, decrease their um, frequency. But uh, it, w- when it comes to prosecuting McRae, uh, I don't necessarily think a motive is necessary to put him behind bars.